0: Hey, Willow.
1: Hey, Gene. Oh, no. I did the thing. My girlfriend has been making fun of us for starting the podcast the same way every time. So let me, let's me let try it again. Hello, Gene Ambom, creator Hello. of Library Comic.
0: Hello, Willow Payne, creator of The Haunted Skull or Haunted Skull.
1: This is Bookstabber. It is a podcast where we read books and we talk about whether or not we liked them. Gene usually likes them. I usually don't. We're super different this episode. We're extremely different than we usually are.
0: And let's let's be a little different and just say hi to Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee.
1: So, all right, what book did we read for this episode of Bookstabber in the year of sword and sorcery?
0: We read a book that you like uh, from a series you like. We read uh, one of the Narnia books. We read Prince Caspian, which is the second Narnia book that was published, but the fourth in chronological order, something like that.
1: Yeah, the the order of Narnia books is weird because they are they were not written in chronological order.
0: Okay, this is news to me, but okay, I'm in.
1: So, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is the one that everyone is familiar with, is the first Narnia book that was written, but it is not the first in the series of events that we can describe as the Chronicles of Narnia. You, you're not a, you're not wrong for having read it first. Uh, if you want to, if you want to actually start at the where all events start in the series, you would start with the magician's nephew.
0: See, this is news to me. This is news to me. Um, I've I've seen the movie. I've seen part of an old BBC adaptation.
1: The uh, animated one.
0: I, I think animated and live action. Um, I, I feel I feel not at all lost when seeing references to these stories. I feel like they're such a part of everybody's collective memory somehow that uh, they're just out there.
1: Yeah, I. I think everyone as a child probably read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I I don't know about new generations of children, but um, my generation and older, we certainly all read it, and we know who Mr. Tumnus is and all that good stuff.
0: I did not read these, though, as a kid. Nothing. Nothing at all. We
1: are going to spoil this book. We're going to spoil Prince Caspian. If you were worried about spoilers, get out of here come back after you read the book the book is actually extremely short so just go read it and come back
0: that's true it could take uh you could read it in an afternoon very easily even if you're slow like me there's a 2008 film adaptation of this is that right
1: yes i believe that's correct
0: and i think i must have seen that too because i remember the the mouse the mouse character
1: i have not seen that adaptation
0: well <laughs> i can talk very little about it because my memory is such crap
1: I'm sure it does the things that happen i i i I suppose if you were going to make a big movie i oh no, I think I remember reading about this that um I think that film actually collapses multiple books into it because as as you and I both know, this book is very short and probably would not sustain a three act film
0: yeah i mean i mean the act the the structure is very strange anyway willow give give a give a brief pitch for this book, please
1: all right so our four favorite children, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, they they were in Narnia. They had adventures. They met Aslan and stopped the White Witch. Uh, but they're back on Earth, and they're hanging out at a train station with sandwiches in their pockets. And it's been a year <laughs> since their adventures in Narnia. They've been back on Earth for a year. When all of a sudden, they all get starting to feel bad. They're getting—it's It's like they're getting poked, and they appear in a deep... A forest with all these brambles poking at them. They're on some kind of strange island, and they realize that something magical is afoot. So they wander around for a while, they meet a dwarf, they realize they're back in Narnia, where they have already been named kings and queens of Narnia. Uh, this dwarf explains to them that it's been hundreds of years since these chi- the high kings and queens were, were reigning here in Narnia, and everything's all gone to heck uh, because the Telmarine humans have Taken over and stamped out all the beasts and fae folk, but that there's a rebellion with a young prince Caspian, uh, and it's up to Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy to help him out and take back Narnia for all the badgers and mice and <laughs> dwarves and toads.
0: Not, not not badgers and mice, but all the talking badgers and talking mice, right?
1: That's true. If you are a non-talking animal, get fucked. You. <laughs> we will eat you. We will eat you. Nothing. <laughs> you don't you you don't matter to that's i mean that's a real problem though is that if animals can talk they're still going to eat each other like a lot of these animals are carnivores right like if a wolf can talk it still needs to eat and it can't subsist on salad right
0: well they certainly don't seem to have a problem with each other in the book uh it's very (laughs) because the book is so kind it's very odd uh but that's just one thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah,
1: that is an interesting detail. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's uh, the pitch. And honestly, the book isn't very much longer than that. That you know, that's the start of it. But uh, it ca- so let's uh, let's get out of the way. It's time for spoilers. Time to talk about the book. I liked this book. Um, I actually had not read this one before. It's been a long time since I've read any Narnia book. Hmm. I, I had only I've only read like three out of the seven. Okay. I and mean, this was not one of them this this podcast has been a has been a journey for me of getting back into reading it's not like i there was a time in my life where i gave up on reading but it was just something that uh it was hard for me to find books regularly that i was into after you know i became a working adult and uh this book in it's obviously a children's book that much is true, but it's a very nice children's book and it hits all of these nice notes. I think it's well-written. I think that the characters, you know, uh, I, sure. Some of this is colored by the fact that, uh, I already know the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe very well. And so I already know who these people are. I, I know that Edmund, you know, betrayed everyone with the White Witch and redeemed himself. And I know Lucy's, uh, cute little girl who hangs out with fawns and peter's a cool badass anyway uh i so i like the characters well enough i like the new characters in this book like truffle hunter and Reapy sheep i think they're fun i think that uh you know it makes sense as a story i i i, I the only complaint i really have about this book is that uh i wish more had happened i wish it was actually a little bit longer oh really yeah, I, I I would have enjoyed the adventure to be have been a little bit more complicated, but you know what? I'm I'm okay with what I got.
0: Complicated is my uh, the lack of complication is my central uh, problem with this book. I, I, I don't I don't mm-hmm. dislike the book, but it reads like a fairy tale. And it, at at uh, however many pages it was on my e-reader, I mean four hundred pages, whatever. It was just it was too long to be a fairy tale. It there's a lot of wish fulfillment in here, um, a lot of just handing agency over to Aslan and other characters um yeah. there's 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 kind of horrific violence in here which is which is odd because it's mostly off camera um even there's a there's one big fight where the lights go out basically so we don't see what's happening and the horror of of what happens uh it it's it's super strange um <laughs> to me but and i think it's i think it's underwritten in a way that um it seems inappropriate for the for the story. Like this could be a mm-hmm. really a really kick ass story, but there's just there's there's very little agency in this story. There's a little bit, but not much. Yeah. Um, S-
1: something I, that so I think we live in an interesting sort of uh, era of postmodern fiction, if you will, where like after the after the absolutely Titanic success of Harry Potter, there was this wave of books and comics and and just media that is sort of inspired by Harry Potter and inspired by children's literature at large. That's like, well, but what if, you know, what if these characters were adults or what if their lives were more complicated and and mm-hmm. what, what if the fun trappings of fantasy and fairy tale, but um, what what if it, what if it got more dark and more and more bloody? And uh, what, one of the things that I find interesting about that is that that definitely was inspired by Harry Potter, but a lot of, a lot of stories don't actually use harry potter as much as they use narnia and i think i can see why and it's because narnia really does like it, it is kind of a richer world but also because it's uh, it, it, like it has this violence and it. it has these these really interesting ideas that c.s lewis doesn't actually touch on one of the things that i kept thinking about as i was reading this book is that these children get back to narnia they realize once they're back like they they've they've spent the last year just being normal children again but they realize once they get back to Narnia they're like we had whole lives here like we were reigning kings for years and years we had become adults like we had an entire life and then we were right. sent back right and right. the characters don't talk about that very much but like it's very obvious to me now in 2023 like there'd be some messed up yes. feelings about that there'd be some yes. some uh PTSD there would be some like be, they, you know, they would be really upset about this. I, I,
0: I don't think there's PTSD because everything is just handed to them. Oh, you are the kings and queens of Narnia. Here you go. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean,
1: they're like Billy Pilgrim in uh, in um, Slaughterhouse Five. Like they're they're they are pulled from time multiple. Like they have no control over their their destiny, right? Like they are sure. being toyed with and. Like it would be weird to become live your life, become an adult, and then be sent to back, be a kid, and then to be, and then you you go back to that, and then you get pulled back into Narnia. But everyone you ever knew in Narnia was dead, right? Like that's messed up. Well, but and but, but, for, but but the problem C-S2 doesn't deal with that.
0: But well, the the problem is that 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 they were some kind of kids' idea of adults. They were just very innocent. They they kind of defeated the big bad guys. They kind of hung around and ruled whatever that that means. It seems to have. It seems to me no complicated decisions here at all right it just seems to mean saving the kingdom from evil and then you know killing the wolf as as peter apparently did there's some reference to that um like removing, well, I, there's removing the a lot witch, of battles
1: right? they they could I, I they did they did go to war it seems like a couple of times and they're sure their rule was very fanciful and they had a magic boat and you know they were friends with all of the dryads and and right there was a lot of there was a lot that's well and good, but um well, they have a like, the pro- I, the I problem is they you.
0: they have a magic whatever they need, <laughs> right? That's the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's a fairy tale. It's fine. You're given like five things, and then you wander off and hey, you need exactly those five things. and if you need a sixth thing, well, you find it just before you need it, right? I mean, or you go on a little quest for it
1: one eh. one of the things I like about this story though, is that um you're right, it is very fairy tale, but it's also. I mean, for one thing, I will say I really like fairy tales. I like fairy tales more than most of the books we read for this podcast. Hmm. Um, I think some of the fairy tale trappings of this are really fun and unique. I love the idea that the whole reason they're here is because there's a magic horn that summoned them. And the so in in a weird way, like Prince Caspian, the, the story really ought to be from his perspective, right? But it isn't. And I find that choice to be kind of unique that well, it's, um, it's, it's
0: because it's a fairy tale right and fairy tales don't really have a point of view <laughs> so it's like or at least a point of view character
1: well but i don't agree with that i i mean when you read hansel and gretel as a fairy tale you don't get to go see what the witch is doing for five hours like like the the, the story is from hansel and gretel's point of view because you're always with them there's never a time where you leave them right
0: well uh, all I'm saying is like you're not really in anybody's head in this. Like there's no there's no real thought here. Like 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 you are you are in C.S. Lewis's head. It's very clear. C.S. Lewis is telling you sure. this story. C.S. Lewis is marveling at this world C.S. Lewis has created. And 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 rightly so. It's a great world. Like I I'm not denying the richness of the world with a lot of its own mythology, but
1: but also that's a good way to tell a story. Like one of my one of the things that I really appreciate this, about this book that uh, other books ought to observe from. I think Neil Gaiman has talked about this specifically with C.S. Lewis. Is th- there's a part where the the dwarf character, um, Trumpkin, he's explaining to the kids everything that has happened with the prince and everything. And C.S. Lewis tells us that Trumpkin is telling the story, but that the kids are stopping and asking a lot of questions. And, and so we're I'm going to tell it to you in the way that is most convenient for you, the reader, as opposed to the literal way that Trumpkin is telling it, because that would take too long and it would just be a, a bad way of. Well,
0: it's a it's a great it's a great choice that, that that you can see how much worse it would have been in the Song of the Sorials if somebody had been recounting this. It would have been every <laughs> back and forth. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, no, no. and
1: and frankly, more. I I don't see why more books aren't written that way. It. I, I I appreciate that there's a school of thought that considers that to be sort of infantilizing, but uh, also it just uh, well like okay so a book that isn't explicitly written for children that does this would be uh, the Princess Bride by William Goldman. So, William Goldman does this the whole time, and also also very much a fairy tale, but an exceptionally written book, like absolute masterful writing.
0: But that book, but that book is almost, that book is is almost making fun of this though. Right, I mean, I mean, well, it, it is making fun of this. Uh, it's parodying. No, it to a I,
1: di- di- I disagree.
0: It's it's parodying it while enjoying it. I mean, it's it's not that it's unenjoyable. It's just like, oh, I'm going to use this structure, this kind of ridiculous structure that we're all going to understand. This is going to turn out in the end, and I'm going to turn it on its head a little bit, right? And I'm going to make it a little bit more adult. It's it's very fun, but
1: but it, well, I, but I disagree because uh, <clears throat> so people love to make hay about. Uh, the differences between C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, because of the you know supposed relationship the two had, which is uh, largely fictional as it turns out. But so people like to compare the two. But I think what's interesting. So uh, Goldman is making fun of Tolkien. The the opening of the Princess Bride is talking about how this is an edited down book that has all of the boring parts removed. That is also basically true of Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian like could have a lot of boring stuff in it and but c.s lewis i think very wisely was like no let's just do the fun parts They, they they go on an adventure they you know there's magic there's aslan there's there are no boring politics in this book the in fact the only parts where politics are even matter is when caspian might be assassinated in his bed or you know when they have to avoid suspicion of the evil king like that's that's good writing that's that's drama
0: well, I, I, I just I, I think I think that for for me the thing that doesn't work here to the extent that it doesn't work, um I mean and, and I enjoyed the book because it's really well written, right? And and it is a fairy tale for the most part. And but the part that doesn't work is like like why have all there is there is violence and there is kind of adult stuff in here, but it's all it's all alighted over in a way that feels very awkward to me. It feels very protective of kids, you know? And like if you're gonna put if you're gonna put like a a murder in a book, you, you, or or a death in a book, you gotta you gotta put it kind of a little more front and center to me, or like have some some more conflict around that. I mean, this could have been just a, a great adventure with talking animals, <laughs> you know. Like I don't think but, you need,
1: but it is bad. I, I, well, I don't know
0: what. Um, no, no, no. I I just we, mean I just mean it feels like there's it feels like there's uh, it just it, it it feels like there are very few decisions to me and very few points where anything bad can happen to any of the principal characters which you know you know it 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 you have to have some kind of there is conflict in the book but the conflict is in the plot the conflict is not in whether or not these kids are going to succeed at this you know insane task of like leading the the magical beings and talking animals of Narnia to throwing the Telmarines out of course they are right it's gonna well, be fun but how
1: many we've read so many books for the year of sword sorcery and how many of them did you really think that the protagonist was was likely to fail like that there was a real chance of failure
0: well well i i agree with that but you have to you have to feel it when you're reading the book you have i mean i'm willing to suspend disbelief you know i mean i i do it all the time i willingly suspend disbelief in all kinds of books but but the thing is like in this book there's there's no need to suspend disbelief because there is no sense that they are not going to succeed. Like like right from the beginning, the kids are sucked in. We don't know why they're sucked back to Narnia. They just suddenly appear there in the woods. They wander around. They find this castle. They go, oh, this is our old castle where we ruled Narnia. And then they're like, I wonder if all of our stuff is still here. And they go into the basement, and there's the treasure room with their gifts. The sword, the shield that Peter has, the Lucy's Lucy's like healing potion. Susan's Susan's bow, but the horn's missing. Oh, that's an interesting clue. Okay, and like all the, tr- the treasures there. I want to
1: stop you there. I want to stop you there because I feel like the the way you're characterizing this makes it sound like it's it's a jolly romp but like at this point in the story there has been multiple sources of conflict when they first show up they don't know that they're in narnia they don't know what's going on they they don't have any food like they they do suddenly worry that they're going to starve and so they have to like they have to do survival stuff and they have to you know build a fire and and when they when they get to the castle they don't put it together that it's care paravel and when when they do realize it's care paravel like you know uh, up to that point i would say there is some level of suspense it's not a, it's not a jason bourne movie but like for a kids book <laughs> it's it's, not a, a, jason it's movie. a little bit of suspense
0: <laughs> there's a little bit of unknown but it's not the same because they almost immediately figure out that they're there and and i mean a lot of time has passed which is kind of cool and creepy i mean it's very magical without being threatening i would say right I mean it, it it's it's fine it works I'm not I'm not shitting on the book but I just don't the book creates and sustains a sense of wonder without creating within me a sense of suspense at all right like I never I never worry that bad things are going to happen to these kids
1: Well but I think I think you're bringing that a little bit so I will say that um I think there's some good sources of conflict and and interest in this so one of the things that I really like is that This is a world like this is this is sort of the dark timeline of Narnia that everything has gone wrong. So, most many of the characters like it's not obvious to most of the characters that they can defeat King Miraz or stop the Telmarines. That, um, you know, as soon as we see the uh, the guys trying to kill this dwarf at the castle, you know, there's some there's some conflict. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the book. There's this great scene where uh, Prince Caspian, who is surrounded by his all of these, you know, badgers and dwarves and all these creatures. Uh, there's this one bad dwarf that is trying to recruit the the bad fae of Narnia, and so there's this there's a hag, and there is a a werewolf. We don't know it's a werewolf. Uh, we know it's some kind of monster, but it has this monologue, and it's like the coolest, darkest monologue that anyone in a fantasy book has had in a long time, in my experience. Where he describes that he can drink rivers of blood without, you know, uh, ever being full, and it, it's it's a great little bit of writing.
0: Well, no, no, no. This and... book this book is full of great writing. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it's not. And that is a great moment. I think the last the last quarter of this book is great. For for me, like I, I really like the last quarter of the book, or or at least my favorite parts of the book are all in the last quarter of the book. But like like That's so 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 the the high king and queens, high kings and queens, the Pavenzis, are returned to Narnia. They they rescue this dwarf from some Telmarines, and then he tells them the story of Caspian, right? Mm-hmm. And Caspian's story goes to something like, well, uh, Caspian, you are your uncle Miraz's nephew, and you're going to be king, and then Miraz's wife has a son and then uh, oh Caspian is told tales of old Narnia by his nurse who is fired and sent off and then he gets a new a new tutor what is his name Dr. Cornelius and Dr. Cornelius is actually half dwarf or part dwarf and tells um, tells Caspian secretly in a tower that oh no these stories are really true and whets Caspian's appetite for for all these things that may still be out there but nobody knows nobody's seen them in years and um, so the Telmarines are humans and they've They've kept everybody from going to the sea and they're afraid of the forest. And and then and then Dr. Cornelius comes to Caspian one night and says, you've got to flee. Uh, your your uncle, the king, is going to kill you because now he wants his son to be king, not you. And so Prince Caspian flees on his horse into the woods and immediately meets dwarves who knock him around a little bit. But, you know, and, and maybe that's a little bit threatening, but there's not a huge sense of what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen to Caspian. We know he's going to be Okay. Uh, and one of the dwarves is uh, what Trumpkin, who's telling this this story to the kids, this edited story, which is nice. I grant you. Mm-hmm. The, again, the writing is great. But Caspian immediately meets these dwarves, uh, convinces them he's on their side. Oh, the dwarf! He meets two dwarves and a badger. It's Trumpkin, the the evil dwarf whose name I'm misplacing at the moment. Um, let me see if he's oh Nickabrick. Uh, Nickabrick and Truffle Hunter, yeah. the, the the talking badger, and the talking badger believes in Aslan just like Caspian does, and also believes that like narnia has to have a a son of adam as king and and that uh caspian should be that that king because that's when everything is is great like like back when the high kings and queens were there so now they set off and they just meet all the magical creatures it's this tour it's this wow look at this tour and then it's like suddenly they're plotting a war council caspian has done nothing to earn this except for be human and be nice to like a few animals right it's 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 very strange. He's just suddenly like everybody's like, oh, he's the king. We're gonna make him the king. Let's the former rebellion against Miraz, and then Miraz's uh folks hear about this. They see all the tracks, all the all these magical creatures are making in the woods, and they lay siege to Aslan's How, which is the what the stone where Aslan was killed by the White Witch. Is that correct? It's 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 a mound with that beneath it. um
1: Uh, yeah, the How. I I don't actually know if that's where. Aslan died uh it's been so long since i've read that but, book
0: that but, i don't but, remember but, but but whatever but like you instantly have you, you instantly have without him really making a decision uh you instantly have Caspian at the head of this army now any other any other book well, that that would be the whole that would be a whole sequence of decisions made or somehow having earned it Caspian Caspian does nothing uh it, yeah but it, let it,
1: me st- let me stop you there because I want to. I just. I, I see where you're. What you're getting at. But I think that the version of this book that had an extra chapter or three, where they they had to, you know, do all of that. Just, they had to have a council of Elrond to decide that Prince Caspian was going to be the leader. That would be a worse book. That would be the version of this book that I didn't like.
0: I don't. I. I don't want. I don't want that version of the book. But what I. What I want is Caspian to have some agency. Well What I'm saying is. He seems to have no agency to me, because the only special thing that he has is he's human, and he kind of he kind of really wants there to be talking animals and dwarfs hanging around. And then he meets the centaur, and he's wowed, and you know he meets Reapachip, the the martial Mouse with his other mice guys, and he meets like some dwarfs who give him swords and mail, and he meets uh, Patterwig the squirrel, and. You know, three bulgy bears, and and then all the other animals come out, and it's like, well, okay, now they're in the how, and then just very suddenly, bap, they're under siege by Miraz, and um, yeah. the siege is very like like there's reference to people like all the animals being bloody, but you know, we don't really see those fights. Like th- this this kid is suddenly leading this army. It's it's rather bizarre. There is kind of a war council. Uh, it seems okay, and then they and then he blows the horn, which we find out is. Like it's supposed to offer some help. What I like is, everybody knows he blows the horn. The horn is supposed to offer help, and nothing happens. And then, it's kind. Of, it's kind of people are in people are in darkness. I like that. Uh, like Nick. Yeah, me too. That, uh, that is name? a
1: good source of. It might have been more interesting. This is why I said that at the beginning that it's interesting that that like this novel isn't actually from Caspian's perspective. This this subsection of the story is. But by this time, we already know that the horn has worked because the Pevensies are in Narnia,
0: right? Well, well and he sent out, he sent out, uh, the, the, the dwarf who is telling the story to like, and the squirrel went the other way to, they went to two places to try to see if the high Kings and Queens had returned to Narnia and Hey, they have, I mean, like it's like they even knew what was going to happen. Right. I mean, they didn't quite know, but they're hoping Aslan or the, or these kids. And it turns out both have come back to Narnia. Um, just, yeah, like, like, whatever. I mean, like Nickabrick kind of tries to use it to, to uh, say, well, maybe we should turn back to the white queen. Maybe she's not dead. Right. Maybe the white witch. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is, it is the, the whole thing to that point to me is set up to create the sense of wonder for us. And if I was a kid reading this, I would get lost in that. Cause like, Oh yeah, maybe I could be King, right? Maybe I could meet these talking animals. That seems to be what it's going for. And it's, it, it it's fine, but I think there's it, it's such a huge martial conflict, which is which is a super odd choice for a kids' book, right? And then it's it's played so innocently and with so few decisions that would have to be made, tough decisions. Uh, it's 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 very odd.
1: I think it's fine to have a big fantasy battle between dwarves and armored knights in in a children's book that like i i think that uh we have gone a very strange way with our like don't get me wrong there there's a correct amount of you know policing children's literature for morality and taste but um this i think is well within limits that
0: uh i, I don't think it needs to be policed though i I'm, I'm just saying i'm just saying why do you put like why do you put this kid at the head of a of a of an army if he's not going to make decisions, you know what I mean? I mean, like, like I, I don't need it to be bloodier. Well, I may, let me maybe more described, question.
1: but, but in a bit in a world of talking badgers and, and like who, who would be better suited to lead the army? Like, I guess maybe one of the centaurs, that'd be fine. But, um, we, we are supposed to understand that the reason that Prince Caspian is well-suited to this task is because he is of high moral character in a way that, like, the, the dwarves would be ill-fit to lead because they are not entirely virtuous people. Like, Trumpkin is, like... The most virtuous of the doors, and even he's kind of a jerk. Like
0: so, the only way like Caspian,
1: Caspian is of pure heart.
0: The that pure heart is exactly it. The only way Caspian has demonstrated any bit of character is by believing in Aslan and Old Narnia, which for Lewis is enough. What What Lewis requires is that young people believe in Aslan, right? Like, like, and as you become an adult, apparently you don't believe in Aslan anymore. The big, the big talking lion, right? Um, and if you believe in Aslan, everything's going to work out okay. Uh, but that's not, that's not exactly like making a decision. That's not, that's not working through conflict, you know, the, and the battle's going very poorly for Caspian, which is fine, but it's not going poorly because of decisions, decisions or lack of decisions. It's just going poorly. It's not really described. And then he sends out these people to go, he and his council send out the, the dwarf, uh, Trumpkin who who finds the Pivenzies and sends out, uh, the squirrel to the other place that finds nothing and then and then like so that's like half the book right and then the, the, and then like the, the next quarter i would say is uh peter susan edmund and lucy convincing the dwarf that they're actually like powerful warriors and can help and then traveling there right and then the last quarter of the book is is them helping but but like so they travel there the weirdest thing about traveling there is not that they're going to get there. We know they're going to get there. But it's on the way, like Lucy starts to see the, the dryads again, the, the tree people, right? Which Lucy really wants to. So it's almost like Lucy's belief summons them back into the world, which, like, like the Miraz's people are terrified of trees. So if the trees are on their side, they're going to win. It even says that somewhere in there. Um, and the trees are coming awake. So we know they're going to win. And Lucy also uh, sees Aslan, but nobody else sees Aslan at first. And so Aslan's trying to get them to go a certain direction. And Lucy doesn't speak up, and she's in trouble for not speaking up enough with Aslan. And then she like insists and leads them on their on the correct way. And, and it, it, this
1: feels a lot like when I when I talk to people who don't like Superman, you know, <laughs> where they're like, "What do you mean? He just has all the powers and is a really good guy." Like, uh, but what if he had major weaknesses or couldn't have all the powers? It's mm-hmm. like like yeah this is this is i i get that this is a a power fantasy but like emphasis on fantasy like
0: well with 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 superman you have to you have to make him human you have to he has to be vulnerable in some way and the way superman is often vulnerable is through the people he cares about right yeah i mean and, and like like that's that's you could say that about this but it's not i mean i mean there is but, some but of part that part
1: of it is part, part of what makes superman a great not just a great character but a great story is that like the idea that a person who is all powerful would use their power for good is actually a transgressive idea that like Su- Superman is interesting because he's a good guy. And that's, sure. that's sort of the same thing that we have going on here is that Lucy is the most innocent of all of us. And, and because of her, the the thing that we as older people would shun is naivety or, or foolishness. This is the thing that ends up saving them. The thing that ends up being correct. This this is a fantasy of. Wouldn't it be great if the world worked the way that you wanted it to when you were young and full of hope and life? <laughs> I mean, that, 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 no, I, I'm being, I'm no, being no, dead serious. I think that, I, like I, that is the. You 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 think it's all about this wonderment, but it's um it's it's about hoping that like the 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 thing that is nice about the idea of aslan and i guess the idea of you know christianity by extension is which I, f- let me let me full blast here that i am not <laughs> i'm an atheist this is not uh, i'm not trying to convert anybody but the idea that uh the the universe does want to reward your your good choices your good morality and and that you will be rewarded, and and that evil will be punished. Like that is, I mean, that's why, that is why we like Superman. That's that is the the power of these kinds of stories. Is that the idea is that uh, against all odds, someone will punish the evildoers and and save the innocent. I mean, this also. You know, this is where we get the phrase "Deus ex machina" from. Is that the idea that at the end of a story, an all-powerful force will make everything right? This is uh, we we like to talk about how it's uh, a trope now. We like to we like to say that it's bad writing, but um, no, it's deeply ingrained. I think in the human psyche. I, I I don't I don't think it's
0: I don't think it's bad I don't think it's bad writing exactly, but but I do think that well, the Deus ex machina problem is that. There's no decision that has to be made. I, I I reject your claim that like like they're all really moral. Like like they are moral, but they're they're innocent, which is different. They're innocent and they're kids, and all that is required is a, is a belief in Aslan. At the end, there's some interesting parts. Like the interesting part, like you talked about. Um, well, so so what I don't like about the end of the book is that the girls Susan and Lucy stay with Aslan, and the boys are sent off with the dwarf to go into the How to face the the martial aspects like to, to face the battle basically and um they find nicobrick making a pitch for resurrecting the the witch apparently and the witch wasn't bad to dwarves dwarves had it pretty pretty well under the witch and i've brought a couple of friends one of them's a hag one's a werewolf as you said and there's this big fight in the dark which is which is great that's like probably the best part i agree with you and it includes that speech you said you gave uh, by the werewolf uh, we don't know he's a werewolf at that point um, but there, there's a, there's a point in that, in that battle where the, the fight starts. And <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read the quote. Then the light was knocked over and it was all swords, teeth, claws, and fists, fists, and boots for about 60 seconds. Then silence. Like, that's a great piece of writing, but it's not incredibly satisfying. I mean, like, like, the, the light comes back up. Uh, the hag's head is chopped off. I think the wolf's, the, the, the wolf man is half human, half wolf. Right. Uh,
1: but we're suppo- what we're supposed to get out of that, that is a level of suspense, though, because it, what we're being told is that there's a, there is a great battle, and we, the reader, don't get to know what happened. We know, we know that, like, for all we know, it, when there's great silence, they all killed each other, or, or Caspian did die. Like, the, the good guys perished in that fight. That, like, it's a little suspense. I, we, it's a
0: little suspense. I give it to you. I, I'm, I'm saying this is my favorite part of the book, and I, I agree. I agree.
1: Yeah, and, and furthermore, like, the version of it where we are described, you know, uh, in great detail, you know, how the blade hewed great chunks of flesh from the werewolf's, you know, enormous forearm. Like, sure, you could write that version. I don't think that's a—I don't think it's a better version. I think that this is, is basically correct.
0: I—but I, but the, the thing you get with more detail is seeing people make— Difficult choices, or 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 be brave in in the middle of those things, and you you don't in the middle of a fight like that. You don't really even get that here. Like it, it's 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 super strange. It's super strange. They stand up for what's right because they stand up against Nickabrick and what he's saying and and his friends, the evil people, the obviously evil people, uh, which is fine. Like it's a kid's book. It's a fairy tale. They could be obviously evil, but it's uh, it's unsatisfying to. N- I don't need blood and guts. I need to see people making tough decisions so i have a sense of who they are and it it essentially doesn't matter cuz it's a fairy tale he's the high king it's his brother uh this is this is prince caspian king caspian whatever you want to call him right and and then and then i think li- like the 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 best uh bit of characterization through action is is when um peter uh challenges uh king miras to single combat right and but, and it it's it that's a great fight that shows him, not not in that it's a bloody mess, although it is a bloody mess, but um, in that it just shows who he is a little bit through through struggling, through through trying to win, through trying to save everybody because the animals and the mystical creatures are losing, and they were hoping Miraz would would take this on and maybe Peter could defeat him. But Peter's Peter is not as big or powerful as Miraz, and he faces him anyway. Like that's great, I like that. Um, but the weird ass thing is that basically uh, that fight is morally won because when Peter is, is about to win Miraz's people, uh, his counselors who kind of pushed him into taking the, the the duel, even though it wasn't in his best interest, like basically kill kill Miraz and then start everyone fighting, which is, is a, a nice scene. You know, it's probably the most um, detailed battle in the book and the trees come to life and then they just flee, right? We knew the trees were going to come to life. It's okay. It works because we've, like all the groundwork has been laid very nicely, and they run away and they run to a bridge, um, and and this is this is a weird bit of writing where they run to a bridge and then when they get there the bridge is gone because we find out that Lucy and um, Susan and Aslan and all the like what is it uh, was it Bacchus. Who is yeah, the...
1: the 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 Greco-Roman deity Bacchus slash Dionysus is a Very real strange. guy in Narnia. I will I will say that when that happened, I found that to be extremely wild. For like because everyone talks about it, and, and I don't and I don't disagree that like Narnia is children's Christian propaganda, and it and I get that. But the fact that like the most pagan deity you could name is aslan's best friend uh and is just running around giving everyone grapes like that to me like it was (laughs) nice this is wild it was nice in a very weird way in a weird way like if you didn't know that aslan was supposed to be jesus you would think that aslan was was like the pagan christ that he was here to be the representative like don't worship christianity hang out with (coughs) fawns and bacchus all day like and just yeah, I'm not. I'm not
0: quite sure. Aslan's supposed to be Christ, but anymore. But uh, I had heard that before. But I've never read these books, so yeah. I mean, like he comes back to life, but and he's a lion. Symbolism, okay.
1: Yeah, no. There's a. I mean, there's quite a lot about. You don't need to take my word for it. Uh,
0: but, but 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 it's it's weird it's it's weird that it's weird that, that I, I hate that that detail comes after like as they're fleeing the battle. I just don't like I don't like that. Oh wait, they're going to get across the river. No, they're not because we, we woke this river god and the river god took down the the bridge. Ha ha ha! We've won. And then they've won, and then they go around freeing some children and finding the nurse who told Caspian about uh the old days and, and kind of saving her, and like there are some awful kids and some awful adults, mm-hmm. and they get theirs, and uh the good kids are kind of brought over to Aslan, and uh you know, Aslan is this big roaring lion, and then he sends the humans home or gives them a chance to go home if they don't want to be part of the, the reborn Narnia that we love. Um and the Pavenzis go home. And and there's a thing, what what is it, that, that uh Susan and Peter's Journey to Narnia, they're done now, right? But Edmund and Lucy will be back. So I think, I think C.S. Lewis went back and was like, oh, wait, no, no, I need some more books. So we're gonna, this is gonna be a later book in the series. So I can bring Lucy and Peter, they had other adventures in Narnia or something, whatever happened in the books that, that, uh, that are before this that Lewis hadn't written yet. You know, it's, and that's fine. That works for me. But it's, it's just, it's so much, I don't know. There's so few decisions here.
1: Well, I I can't figure out like because I feel like we've read so many books where that basically have that same like I, I basically agree with you that they're not making decisions but also I don't I don't see why that matters here in comparison to like the countless other books we've read together where I feel like decision points were not a big de- I also I, I mean I do feel that there are there are one or two decision points in this book that like for example um and i i think i can anticipate your response but like they, there is a decision point in the book where they can't where they're trying to figure out whether to go high or low down this path the the data that they have to go on is that lucy saw aslan if they went high and everyone else says well we should go low because we don't trust lucy uh that we don't trust that aslan is here if aslan you were here we'd all be seeing him and and also strategically it makes sense to go low and then they walk into an ambush then they go back and it turns out lucy was right. like that was a decision point and there and like the consequences of it were significant
0: well but there weren't there was no consequence there was no consequence they, they were ambushed but there was no consequence of that they're, they're being rained arrows down and like i i don't think i mean yeah they they duck and they run away but that's not that's not a consequence you know i mean i mean it is a decision i i agree with you it's it's, it's a decision but it's it's such a weird decision in the context of the lives they've all led to not believe lucy and edmund points that out and it's almost like well they have to not believe lucy because you know they have to. They have to come to a, a difficult choice that, uh, or the difficult reality that. Oh, we should believe in Aslan, right? Like it's a it's a test of their faith in Aslan. But but it's not um, it's not real tough.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean I agree with that. And but um, I just I, this is this is a unique criticism that I have not heard from you before with regard to any other book that we've read. What was the Dragon Book we just read? The the Fourth Wing. Like, did anyone make hard decisions in that book? Like
0: Fourth Wing. Yeah no 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 fourth wing suffers from the same thing too because everything is handed to the character in fourth wing there is no sense in which you feel like she is going to not make it right and 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 um and that's the problem with that book with me as well i mean yeah uh what's her name violet right um yeah and and it's it's huh i mean i mean this book has a better Mm -hmm. voice in a sense um (laughs) well in every sense right but
1: has a better author it has but better printed on better paper
0: well well and, and and so that book actually um has a lot of physical suffering has a lot of a lot more violence a lot more dramatic violence and i'm not i'm not talking about the the violence for the sake of the story right because because that book is the, the proof that it doesn't solve the right. problem i also
1: will i will say to the listener it, it's not entirely fair to compare prince caspian and uh the fourth wing. I, I realize that, uh, but just just for this one axis, go on.
0: Well, but but, but I mean, did you watch, did you watch Buffy? Well,
1: I've seen like two episodes of Buffy. I've, I'm very unbuffied. Okay, well, I mean, I mean, the
0: brilliance of Buffy was you knew Buffy was going to succeed, right? The world was not going to end but terrible shit happened to buffy and buffy grew as a result right like you never quite knew what terrible Mm -hmm. shit was going to happen to buffy or how the how the over overall story was going to develop but but shit happened and it had consequences um and people were hurt physically and emotionally right characters changed there's none of that in this book there's none of that in fourth wing either as far as i I can tell
1: no i get that
0: it's okay it's it's okay people like books like this i mean but but for me what i what i like about about the Lloyd Alexander books is that Taran goes off and changes. You know, Taran starts off a very different character than at the end. It's not that you doubt that he's going to win, like you hope that he's going to win, but you also see kind of the weight of some of the things that's happened and you see him trying to make sense of it and him adjusting course a bit and relying on other people and Becoming basically an adult yeah. through the course of those no, I, books. No, I, I, I can see your point. You know point. what I'm saying? And I have I have I have no sense of that here. The, and these characters have been adults. It's so strange.
1: I mean, I, I'll admit I don't love the Pensieves as characters. Well, I guess the, I mean there's a little bit of growth. Like Edmund has grown between in *The Lion, the Witch, and the Order, but that's not the book we read. In the, in this book, he exhibits no growth. What I, I I can see what you're saying about Terran in in uh Prudain, but I also at no point in any interaction I've had with that character have I ever liked Terran. Like and I just don't. Um, he 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 does change. He you know he starts off kind of foolhardy and wanting to be a great warrior. And by the end of the series, he has become a great warrior. But he realizes yeah, yeah. that that's not inherently a thing to want to be. And you know he does want to help people. And he doesn't go on the white ships. And he stays to to help the the people. And that's why he's rewarded with being the high king. And that's all well and good. But I, at no point did I ever care. At no point did I ever like think like oh good. I I thought it, I thought that was an interesting way to end the book um i I thought that
0: was a i think caring about the kids books depends on when you read them and i think because you read one or two of these when you were really young right you you care about this book whereas i'm finding it very hard as an adult to really care right about about these characters but but you invested them with whatever like
1: well that is interesting but i did i did read i want to point out i did read the high king when i was a kid and i do remember my action being like god this is so bogged down like i i got (laughs) to the point where they had all of the magic mushrooms and they set the castle on fire and i just thought like what is happening in this book like (laughs) it was just i I that's literally where i put the book down it's just like yeah i don't know this seems like a lot of
0: well, I think we've established that that is, that is not the best no. first book to read. Like, if, you started, if you'd started further back, a, lo- a little younger... I mean, I think I read the whole series when I was in third grade, right? And I I, I, I mean... For...
1: Well, I think it's interesting, to, though, just as a point of comparison, because I do think it's... I think it's pretty fair to compare uh, Narnia and Prudane. That, um, although... I, mm. I will admit that the... I think most of the characters in Prudane are more colorful, but I also... It's... Part of it is that color that I dislike them for. That it's like... I hate being with Gergi, and I hate being with Glue, and I, I, I don't, I don't.
0: <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, Willow Payne? How dare you dis Gurgi? Oh my God!
1: The, 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 things that I find sort of interesting about the world are the dark things of you know the King of Death and the evil knights, but those aren't the things that we, that we don't spend very much time with that. But we spend time with just these mm. knuckleheads. I don't like Fluter Flam. I think he sucks. I really do. And <laughs> whereas this book, whereas this book,
0: oh man i think oh.
1: trumpkin and Nickabrick are sort of the closest things and it's like i think Nickabrick is a perfectly fine character i think trumpkin is good uh i i like reepy cheap i think reepy cheap is fun as hell i'd read it i would read an entire reepy cheap spinoff book i'd
0: exactly exactly and there have been reepy cheap spinoff books they're called redwall books uh <laughs> mouse guard i don't know I,
1: and i love the redwall books growing up i i we should read a redwall book next i oh, fucking love oh. redwall
0: i i have never <laughs> Redwall is great. I, I have read one and uh yeah, I don't think I read Th- those books are so overdescribed. I love that um. stuff. <laughs> for a very specific reason.
1: I know, Well, I know you love, you, you say that you hate explaining us, but I don't know. I feel like we've read a lot of books that I feel like have that same <clears throat> level of description.
0: Well, so, so, so I think, I think Brian Jacques, if I'm remembering this correctly, after I read one of those books, I was like, why is everything described mm-hmm. so much? Why? Like all the meals are just described in great detail, the tastes, the flavors, the smells. This book drove me insane. And I, re- I think I read one in, when I was in library school in the mid nineties. And, and what someone said to me was that Brian Jacques, uh, originally wrote those uh for for kids who were blind and that's why that's why all the sense stuff is is over-described in terms of what you would see in another book and it made me understand them but it didn't make me ever want to read another one do you know what i mean like it was just
1: i don't know where i heard this but i've also heard that like that is it's a very writerly thing to do which is to like every time you introduce a scene you you know you think of your five senses you're like all right what does this room smell like you know what what are what are we seeing in terms of lights and shadows and you know i admit it's been ai haven't read any of those books since i was pretty little and so i don't remember how overly detailed it is and so it could it could be that I would read it now and have the same reaction that you're having as a kid I do I did really enjoy that sensory detail of being in Redwall Abbey and eating those meals and being in the dark mm. musty corridors. And th- that was fun. That, that helped me exist in that world in a way that like, I, d- I don't know if I knew what Narnie like was as a kid with not for like the animated, no, if not for like the <laughs> animated movie that sort of helped detail it. Like, sure. We knew that, uh, you know, she came in through the wardrobe and it was snowing and there was a, a, a light post a lamppost but um a lot of the other stuff like i don't remember what it was like at the white witch's you know castle uh
0: i think we should do i think we should do uh, a year of books that feature <laughs> mice
1: okay that's th- is that the follow-up or is it going to start now as sort of like a crossover
0: <laughs> no no we'll, we'll start that we'll start that after we decide the year of sword and sorcery is over whatever that is
1: we, we I, I will say we've actually read quite a few books featuring mice already i could i could start listing them out are we going to count um, that science fiction that 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 book we read with the rats the, that were an alien species that look just like giant rats? Does that count?
0: Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Okay, we've already got one. David, Durland. we can cross that
0: on. <laughs> and now, well, I don't, I don't think this one quite counts, but but I think I think you know yeah. this is an edge case. We could read Stuart Little. We could read uh, Runaway Ralph.
1: Oh yeah, sure.
0: There's a, Paul's, there's a Paul Zindel book called Rats. well it uh we could read mouse guard well,
1: wait, well okay there's mouse guard comic is there a mouse guard novel like a prose novel
0: no 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 we could read we could read one of the graphic novels
1: i, w- I would be interested to read a mouse guard uh, graphic novel that'd be fine with me i i do want to say before we wrap up that um so good my my takeaway from this discussion is just how like it, you know th- this has been this has been known to me, but I, I feel it so profoundly now. Just like the the gulf of difference between you and I when it comes to the books that we like. That, um, <laughs> sure, I have some I have some notes on this book. I, it's not it's not a perfect book, but it basically did everything I wanted. And without um, without for I, I had so little to complain about. And I find it so interesting that mm-hmm. for you this is. Uh, I mean what what would you if you could give us a nice soundbite as to your feelings on this book what would you what would you say
0: I just think the characters aren't really characters I mean I mean they are characters but they don't they don't change they don't they don't make decisions they don't really grow it drove True. me crazy for that reason but it's a fairy tale and if I if I'd known it was an extended fairy tale going in if I if I had thought that instead of it being a yeah. kids book uh it would have been a little bit better for me, but I, I, I don't dislike this book. But it makes me yearn for something like uh, the Graveyard mm-hmm. Book, right? Which has has kind of real world things happening in it uh, with consequences, um, but in a much different way. That's this is a book of its time. I feel like I feel like I haven't I haven't read a lot of uh, fantasy for kids from this time, but I think the Oz books probably read very much like this, right? I mean, that, that's back yeah, a bit further than this. I can see that. Um, I mean, I, 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 I find it very hard to read children's literature from that time just because there's not a lot of agency.
1: It's, it's interesting too, because like, I, I love Neil Gaiman. I have tried a few times to read the graveyard book and I can't get past like the second chapter. It, I just, it's, it's, it just (sighs) bores me. It just bores me immediately. Um,
0: crazy. That book is so good uh yeah it's it's really weird
1: it's really weird and, and like i i want to like it because i like literally neil gaveman is my favorite author um just i just don't know what it is about yeah, that yeah.
0: book well, well let's add that to the list for later too i'll, I'll add that to the, the long list right now but what are we reading next time do you remember
1: all right um yeah do we know what we're reading for the next episode
0: we do we're going to read uh the order of the pure moon reflected in water by zen cho Which was uh, recommended to me by by a friend, Uh, and it looks very short, uh, which is kind of where I'm at these days. (laughs) Um, Yep. So, and then. uh,
1: Me too, let me tell you. Alrighty, if if you have a book that you think that Gene and I should read, you can send it in a little email. Go clickety-clack on that keyboard to bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know any thoughts you have about the podcast, how much you hate us, how much you'd like to sell our organs on the black market. Alright, I've been Willow Payne, he's been Gene Ampom.
0: Keep stabbing.
1: Uh, Keep stabbing.